Hello and welcome to the Seville Productions Purpose Podcast. I'm your host, Rupert McConnick, founder and EP at Seville Productions. Today we're interviewing Jennifer MacArthur, documentary director. Welcome, Jennifer. How are you? I'm great. Thank you for having me, Rupert. My pleasure. So I'm just going to jump in. Um, Jennifer, tell us a little bit about your journey to to filmmaking. Well, um, I grew up actually loving movies and um, kind of coming developing a relationship to movies because it was the way I had a relationship with my dad. He was a very busy kind of business executive. So whenever he was around on the weekends, he would like to take all the family out, my brothers and my my sisters and me and my mom um, to the movies. And he loved genre films. He loved, um, you know, Westerns and horror movies and sci-fi and, um, action movies, a lot of action movies. So I really developed a love for movies. Um, but I never really thought of myself as being a filmmaker. Um, uh, when I went to college, I ended up, you know, going into journalism and I thought I wanted to be a journalist. And, um, I worked at my college radio station and, um, you know, studied journalism in college. Um, but the, the sort of landscape started to change a little bit in radio, the way that the laws were organized. There was a lot of consolidation going on in both radio and newspaper when I was first in college um, in the 90s. Whew, I'm giving away a lot of information there. Um, <laughs> and I was looking for a way to still be a journalist and to still, um, you know, tell stories and, 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 and report on what was going on in the world. And so I started to think of, you know, what is another opportunity or another way for me to, to do that? And I kind of, you know, maybe I'll, maybe I'll do documentary, you know, and I, I um, when I moved to New York, um, back to New York in, in the um, 1998, I think it was, I got a job working at the Village Voice and I loved I loved being there and I really wanted to stay in journalism, but that even that place was changing. So I, I went back to school and I decided I wanted to try documentary film. Um, it seemed like a way to sort of another way to tell stories as a journalist and emerge it with um, this thing that I loved from my childhood that, you know, reminded me of community and, and family and, um, you know, just great storytelling. And, I went to college at, at the new school in, in New York um, and got a degree in, in um, you know, studied film and uh, but was still kind of nervous about being a filmmaker. You know, I think I didn't trust my own self in a lot of ways. And um, I had a really um, kind of critical and important mentor and a woman named Michelle Mater, who actually passed away recently. Um, she was a, a, a professor at the new school and a really important um, programmer and curator and just a discoverer of, of young black talent. And um, I kind of just followed her around for a good 10 years <laughs> and her background was in, in distribution. So I kind of, you know, 
when I came out of film school, instead of, you know, trying to be a director, I went behind the scenes and went into licensing and distribution and bounced around quite a bit um, and got into, into developing campaigns for independent filmmakers um, when they were getting their films out. And um, that's sort of, you know, it took me many, many years, but eventually I pivoted from working with filmmakers and trying to help them get their stories out there and put them in the hands of, um, you know, activists and educators and other things like that to, you know, beginning to start to look for a particular type of story that I thought, um, um, you know, audiences would connect to and actually move people to realizing that if I wanted to find that story, I had to tell it myself. (laughs) So I, you know, in a roundabout way, it took me almost 15, 20 years to actually start making films, even though I had gone to film school and studied and, you know, took cinematography and did all those things. Um, it took a while, but I, but I, I made it <laughs> and I'm, and I, and I love it. I love, I love the experience of being out in the field with a crew and finding a story and, and, you know, making it happen. Wonderful. So, so tell us about your focus in filmmaking on the intersection of documentary, human rights, and the digital revolution. Um, so I started to sort of lean into this a second ago around around what I was saying from, you know, when I first got out of film school and was working in the licensing and distribution side. I initially, I took a job working at a place called Women Make Movies, um, which is the largest distributor of, um, of films by and about women in the world. Um, and, uh, you know, bounced around in different areas. I worked at Scholastic Entertainment. So I worked in all these different sort of kind of core New York City, um, independent or, um, alternative sort of media spaces. Um, and as that was happening, you know, social media was beginning to become a thing and, um, it shifted the way that I think people thought about how to connect with audiences because before you used to have this sort of broadcast sort of one to many um, communication where you made the thing and you put it on television and everyone saw it. And, you know, you maybe got Nielsen ratings or what have you, but you didn't really necessarily know what audiences really thought or felt about the work or how it impacted them. Um, you know, how to encourage them to think about the world differently or do different kinds of things. Um, and so when social media kind of became, started to develop Facebook and Twitter and all of these things, you know, before, you know, things kind of shifted in the way that they have, there was a lot of optimism around the ability to combine, you know, putting media out into the world and then using social media to find out what people were thinking and to be in conversation with them. And that's sort of the space where I began to to really think about how to work with audiences, how to work with activists, how to work with educators um, and and to make or, you know, and to bring film and bring other types of media to them that would actually reflect their their realities, um, would help them tell their stories, would help them move people, other audiences into, you know, changing the, moving the needle in terms of certain kinds of social issues. In particular, for me, I was very much interested in America's criminal justice system um, and the ways in which we, as Americans, talk about um, 
the criminal justice system and sort of the issues that certain people, marginalized people deal with, the civil rights um, issues, I began to, to think a lot differently about, um, about how we talk about and how we frame things in, in the United States as civil rights issues when in fact they're, they're human rights issues. People are actually fighting for basic, um, you know, sort of rights. And so I, I felt like this combination of these worlds is, is sort of the digital revolution started to develop. Um, you could really start to put these, these kinds of things together and, and move the needle on certain kinds of issues. Um, and that, and that's, that's, um, you know, that's how I kind of come to that, that kind of storytelling in that world um, and the intersection of those things. I don't know if that answered the question. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So for a brand, why, why is filmmaking a strong opportunity to tell brand purpose stories? Filmmaking to me is sort of like the lingua franca of, you know, of the world, of, of, of our age. You know, we, we speak to each other through, um, you know, through images. We have, um, you know, I, I think a lot of musicians might say this too, but I feel like uh, film is such a powerful force in the world and we get so much um, meaning out of the way that we understand the world through film. And I think that for brands, you know, um, the other thing is, is that I think that people have become, a lot of people have become very savvy. I mean, I know this seems weird because we're living in a moment of a lot of disinformation spreading around, but I think, um, there are, there is also an element of the audience and the viewer and the listener, um, that knows how to sort of, um, frankly, they have bullshit detectors, right. And they, they know when they're being sold, they know when they're being, um, you know, they know when they're being, uh, there's a hard sell, um, a brand that wants to really put themselves out there and use the language of filmmaking can, has the, uh, uh, the, the potential of creating a more authentic connection and relationship to, to the, the consumers and the people that they're trying to serve, um, you know, and precisely because, um, we are in this space of having a, a, a conversation because of social media. Um, now, obviously, things are fraught, right, in our in our moment. But I do think that um, filmmaking is important because it, it gives you a deep understanding. It gives you the, a fuller picture as opposed to the little sound bites um, that you find in a commercial or, or you know short video or a short you know clip on the radio. Um, film gives you context. Film helps you understand something deeply. And I think when brands want to connect with our audiences in a deep way, filmmaking is the best way to do it. Cool. Um, so tell, tell us about your experience with impact campaigns and how brands can leverage their sponsored entertainment. Um, I spoke a little bit about it earlier in a general way, but, you know, um, I've worked with, I don't know how many campaigns over the years and advised many filmmakers all over the world on, on, um, on designing strategy and for their, for their work, for their campaigns. Um, I think, you know, impact campaigns are, are the net, the, the broader step, the bigger step. When you have a film and you invest in a film and a film is out in the world, um, in a lot of ways, you don't have that much control over the way people, um, 
perceive it or think about it or relate to it. When you when you develop an impact campaign around a piece of work and and are engaged communities with it in that way, um, you can continue a conversation. You can you can shape and frame and continue to to take in what's happening in the public discourse. Um, and 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 keep going, right? Um, it's a it's a way to be in dialogue, and it's a way to be in community with audiences, with consumers, with citizens, um, in a way that just putting a film out into the world uh, on its own, without any sort of additional um, you know work around it, uh, can do. When you're approached by a brand about a project, what makes the opportunity attractive to you? How do you know it will be a good collaboration? Well, I think um, it's finding ways to reframe difficult issues and difficult problems. And I think um, I'm interested in working with brands who um, are willing to, to be creative and get a little bit out of their comfort zone and find ways to connect with audiences in, in ways that they didn't think about. Um I like being challenged in the way that I see the world. Um, I think, you know, brands get, um, it's very easy for brands to be attacked and to, um, you know, as because they have such a, a huge, um, obviously they're out in the, in the public dialogue and the public discourse. Um, so I like working with people who are, are willing to, um, try something, but still continue to be in conversation and in dialogue with communities, audiences, citizens, consumers, and are willing to, you know, really invested in something and are willing to continue to, to, to do the work that the, the film is just, is the first way in. It's not the departure. Um, and I feel like the brands that I've, I've been able to collaborate with thus far are, are really interested in that part of the work. Um, and that's important. That's important to me. What is your advice for brands working with filmmakers on long-term contract content, like a 90-minute doc or a 60-minute doc as opposed to a 30-second commercial? They have to allow for um, sort of the creativity of the filmmaker and the, and the story to kind of flow authentically. There's a, I think there's a, a desire there's a uh, to want to control what happens you want to uh, protect the brand and protect the, the the identity and the the way that the brand is positioned out in the world and i get that but filmmaking the the beauty of filmmaking is sort of you know seeing where things open up and what you can get out of out of that sort of uh, experience in order for it to be authentic and actually for the, for the audiences that your consumer, the audience, the citizen, whoever you're trying to reach to actually believe it. Um, so, you know, a little, a little more hands off. Um, I would also say if you want, um, if you want the larger sort of film world, um, uh, the, the awards and all those kinds of things to get into film festivals, you have to demonstrate that you, you're not putting your thumb on the scales that you are allowing that editorial control and creative control, um, by the filmmaker. That's the kind of stuff that, that, um, that attracts, you know, Oscars and Emmys and all the kinds of and Peabody's and all the kinds of things that, um, the reasons ostensibly why a brand would want to, um, invest in making a film in the first place. So, you know, 
Yeah, it's kind of what the audience is interested in has to be the hero, not the brand. Yes, yes, yeah, absolutely, right. absolutely. Hero, um, not brand. Exactly. So, so why is documentary specifically an exciting space for brands to work in compared to scripted, for example? I think you can get a lot more bang out of your buck for documentary. I think that the sort of like that sort of mid-tier, mid-sized budget uh, film that used to exist in the 90s and maybe the aughts um, isn't isn't as much anymore. It's either really, really small budget or gigantic budgets for, you know, narrative fiction um, films. Documentary film is in that sweet spot where you can spend, you know, a couple of million dollars and come out with an incredible, um, you know, story that audiences now have really um, been primed for. There's, there's, a, there's an audience for documentary in a way that didn't exist when I first started in this industry 20 years ago. Um, and it's been growing and developing, you know, since I started um, in, in the industry. So I think, um, you know, it's a great investment. You get a lot of bang for your buck and as far as I'm concerned. And also, you know, it's the authenticity of, of documentary. It's the, it's the thing when brands can be authentic, when they can invest in an authentic story. I think that builds so much more credibility with um, consumers. And Sure. So wonderful. So, so many people criticize uh, brands for jumping on the bandwagon when it comes to, so when, when social issues became popular, how do brands respond to the, the moment without being inauthentic? You have to keep doing the work. If a, if a brand wants to be seen as authentic, it has to be smart about, you know, I, I would say that if you want to speak to a social issue, you, na- you need to spend the time doing the research and understanding um, what is going on, what is possible, what your role could be in helping an issue and, and what the commitment needs to be. And who are the people on the ground who are already there doing the work? If you as a brand can figure out how to fit within that um, and and make a a long-term commitment on whatever scale it is, but be able to make the commitment and be consistent over time, um, I think that that shows people that you are, you're for real. Um, You know, I think that there is some criticism of brands, you know, right after, for instance, the the George Floyd um, protests and and jumping on the wagon for that. Um, And I think that, you know, I I thought it was wonderful to see so many people come out and say we are against this. this." Um, What I what I hope for is that people continue to be in dialogue with with community and continue to do work on whatever level works for them, um, as long as they're consistent. Right. And it's also long-term commitments, right? It's yes. much more authentic if it's a brand that's been involved in the space for you know, 20, 30 years and yes. supported activists and nonprofits and so on. So Absolutely. wonderful. So, so Jennifer, that's been great. Um, it's been wonderful to have you on our podcast. And thank you very, very much. It's been great. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for joining us for this episode of Seville Productions Purpose Podcast. Learn more about Seville Productions and our work in the purpose and sponsored entertainment space at www.sevilleproductions.com. Next week, we will be interviewing Greg Sheps, Head of Business Development at Red. 